We are uh, in a new series, Second Sunday, the Seven Self-Portraits of Jesus, and we're talking about Jesus revealing things to us about himself, and we've uh, tried to uh, set the tone a little bit by having a selfie challenge, and I'm pleased to report that many of you are doing a really good job. I think we have 21 of you who sent in selfies this week. I, I need to explain something to some of you of a certain generation, though. There's a difference between a picture and a selfie, okay? I probably would not have known that myself, uh, but a selfie is when you turn around and uh, get a picture of yourself. Wave, everybody, okay? There you go. Yeah. <laughs> there we go. We'll have that up next Sunday, but anyway, that's a selfie. A picture is someone else taking the picture of you, understand? So this is a selfie, but you get yourself, and you'll have to uh, practice a little bit, those of you who didn't understand what that is. But once you, uh, once you learn to turn the, the picture around, it'll be a fun thing. Okay, let's uh, put up uh, some of the, uh, the ones. There we go. Okay? And then I'll, I'll share. You can buzz through those uh, nicely. There you go. There's Brent and Christine, small group. Nice. There's two handsome young guys that uh, were in the back. There's another Bible study going on. Nice job, ladies. There's another uh, small group. Yes, we know Gracie, birthday girl. Yep, and her mommy. <laughs> the cases, there we go. Jesus freaks, can you believe that? Yeah, they actually sent in, yes. There's Nancy. Okay, that says no Bible, no breakfast on the fridge, in case you were wondering. Yeah, there we go. Yeah, Fruit Loops right there. Yep, there's the Cole girl, nice. Uh, we have uh, Becky with the life book, very good. You can keep going, yep. Now, th this is uh, James and Jesse who just had baby Declan this week, and they chose to be a part. So they are winners. Can you imagine? Of course, they have to win for that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Also winning is great grandma. And she's there with the Bible and she's uh, uh, great grandma Sharon Walter. Yep. Yep. There's Jen Plassman there. And uh, there's Jesus crossing the woods. And there's Scott and April's class. Nice job. So the winners are, this week, are you ready? Uh, we would have a drum roll, but we're not going to do that. Uh, Becky Riley, you won uh, Max Lucado's You'll Get Through This. Great book. S strongly recommend. Great book. Uh, James and Jesse, new baby, uh, not sleeping. Yeah, you're, you're going to need You'll Get Through This as well. Uh, great Grandma Sharon Walters, you uh, won a Young Menu CD, Walk on the Water. So enjoy that and see young men if you don't have your copy yet. Jen Klassman, uh, you and uh, your family won the Oots Pretzels, my new very favorite snack. And Scott and April Sunday School class, you won Oots Pretzels as well. Nice job, everyone. Okay, I realize this because I was still getting uh, entrance last night and we had already judged them. So, Noon on Friday, okay? You got to get them to me noon on Friday so that 
we can have some folks judge and figure out who wins. And uh, we'd love to have you uh, submit uh, your selfie next Sunday. It's for you and your favorite mom. Okay? It makes sense because next Sunday is. Some of you, you need a little heads up. Look at the card in the bulletin. Yeah, here we go. Next Sunday is Mother's Day. So please, uh, Clint, do we have the addresses to send them to? llj.walloon at gmail or pastorjellis at yahoo.com. So next Sunday, here it is, uh, you selfie, not a picture, a selfie of you and your favorite mom. And obviously, cre be creative and also recognize this is church, so make it church appropriate. But if you got your mom involved, I suspect that'll take care of itself. Okay. Last. Oh, uh, forgot. This, these flowers are in celebration of uh, Bill Nason's life. And Bill got promoted, and he's doing really well right now. Uh, just kind of getting settled in uh, to his new mansion with Jesus. But keep praying for Carol and the family. So that's what these flowers are for. Uh, no Bible, no breakfast is how we challenged you last week. And I'd like to know how many of you uh, took the challenge and at least gave it a shot. Can I see some hands? Nice job. Okay. Now, now here's the harder question. How many of you were successful? And uh, from Monday to today... No Bible, no breakfast. You actually put it into practice. Nice job. Well done. Well done. Uh, we have a little dessert for those of you who are no Bible, no breakfast. Uh, we've got a little bag of treats up here. Make yourself up. Uh, it's right there. And if you submitted a photo but didn't win one of the prizes, you also come on up and help yourself. Uh, well done, everybody. Uh, if you were successful and you, you completed, come on up and... Um, if you submitted a selfie, we've got a little treat for you as well. Week two, seven self-portraits of Jesus series. We're digging into the seven I am statements that Jesus makes about himself in the Gospel of John. Today, we're in chapter eight of John's Gospel. So if you have your phone or uh, in your Bible, John chapter eight, uh, you'll notice that in some of your Bibles, it says some strange things about verses 1 to 11. I say this every once in a while today, I'll say it again. Uh, what the Lord inspires, he also preserves. And although uh, John 8, 1 to 11 came to us a little uniquely, uh, up until very recently, it was in the Bible what God inspires, he preserves. He's not in the business of playing games. John 8, 1 to 11, that is scripture, okay? So let me, let me just answer that very clearly. He's not like, oh, I was just kidding. I was faking you out until the 70s when, when they suddenly got uh, more scholars. No, no, he, he got it to us uniquely, I admit. But again, this is God's word. But in John 8, 1 to 11, that's what precedes the passage we're going to look at. So rather than just jumping in the middle of a movie... I'm going to give you a little summary, okay? So here is the summary. The religious leaders, the, uh, the Jewish religious leaders drag a woman, a married woman, who was caught in the act of adultery, drag her in front of Jesus 
because they're trying to trap him. And they drag this woman in front of Jesus, and they say, Moses' law commands us to stone her. Hey, Jesus, smart guy, you got this big crowd around you. What say you? What, what do you think we should do with this woman who's been caught right in the middle of the act of adultery? Jesus bends down, I think he's on his knees, and he starts writing on the ground with his finger. And don't you wish we knew what he was writing? There's lots of guesses, and can I just say, they're just that. We don't know. So when you get to be with Jesus, let's ask him that question. Hey, Jesus, what were you writing? Okay? Because if, if they wanted us to know, he would have told us. But he was writing something, something that was... Uh, very, very convicted. Um, and they kept asking, what should we do with this woman, Jesus? Come on, speak up. And he says this, verse 7, chapter 8, let any of you who's without sin be the first to throw a stone at her. Any of you, you've never sinned? You've never been caught in sin? You be the first to uh, fire the stone at her head. And he just keeps verse 8 writing on the ground. Verse 9, slowly, the accusers drop their rocks and walk away. They, they just, they recognize that they too are, are sinners. And it says the older ones walk away first. Why do you think that is? I think the older you are, the more you've sinned and the more you realize how much you've sinned. Anyway, the older ones walk away first. Verse 10, chapter 8, Jesus asked the woman, where are your accusers? Where are they at? Anybody left with stones in their hands? Verse 11, all have left, sir. Verse 11 is, is huge. Uh, Neither do I condemn you, Jesus says. Go now, leave your life of sin. Neither do I condemn you. Go and leave your life of sin. There's a big principle here for us. When Jesus forgives us, when Jesus removes all condemnation, it's our responsibility in response to leave our lives of sin, to do the U-turn. I've been heading this way, and now Jesus has forgiven me, and now I'm going to leave my life of sin. I'm going to go in a new direction. I'm going to follow Jesus. So, give me your attention. Jesus frustrates and foils the attempts to trap Jesus. The, the Pharisees, the teachers of the law... The Jewish religious leaders, they thought they had them, and now they've been humbled, they've been humiliated, they've had to admit that they're sinful and proud, and now that's the setting for the second I am statement of Jesus. Would you stand with me if you're able? Let's read out loud verses 12 to 20, the drama between Jesus and the Jewish leaders. Let's read together. Please join me, would you? When Jesus spoke again to the people, he said, I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. The Pharisees challenged him. Here you are, appearing as your own witness. Your testimony is not valid. Jesus answered, even if I testify on my own behalf, my testimony is valid. For I know where I came from and where I'm going. But you have no idea where I came from or where I'm going. You judge by human standards. I pass judgment on no one. 
But if I do judge, my decisions are true, because I am not alone. I stand with the Father who sent me. In your own law, it is written that the testimony of two witnesses is true. I am the one who testifies for myself. My other witness is the Father who sent me. Then they asked him, Where is your Father? You do not know me or my Father, Jesus replied. If you knew me, you would know my Father also. He spoke these words while teaching in the temple courts near the place where the offerings were put. Yet no one seized him because his hour had not yet come. Lord, thank you for forgiveness and freedom from condemnation that comes only from the hand of your Son, Jesus Christ. And Lord, that's why we gather here today. We want to uh, honor and glorify and worship your Son, Jesus. Thank you for... Uh, the statement that he makes clearly and strongly that Jesus is the light of the world. Would you show us today what that means? Because we're living in really dark days and we need this light to navigate our paths as we walk, as we talk, as we attempt to live for you. And I pray for anybody here today or anyone who's watching online right now who finds themselves in a dark and a confusing place. We're asking that today you shine bright. Make the path clear for us. Show us, Lord, your answers. And Lord, teach us today as we worship you, as we study your word. And Lord, we want to come today and dig into your book with clean hands and clean hearts and clean minds and clean lips. So Lord, would you show us if there's things that we've been ignoring or blaming. Lord, would you show us right now things that don't belong? You call them sin. We're not going to ignore them. We're not going to pretend everything's fine. We're going to call it the same thing you do. We're going to call it sin. And Lord, as we do the U-turn and run to the cross, we're going to ask that you might wash and cleanse and purify us. Our hands, our feet, our lips, our minds, our attitudes, motives, memories, Lord, you, you come and wash and cleanse as we confess what you're making clear right now. And all the church family at Wildland Lake said with one unified voice, The book of Genesis begins this way. Verse 1, in the beginning, God created the heavens and the earth. Verse 2, now the earth was formless and empty. Darkness was over the surface of the deep, and the Spirit of God was hovering over the waters. Verse 3, and God said, let there be what? And there was light. Verse 4, God saw that the light was good, and he separated light darkness. The God of the universe said, let there be light. He spoke light into existence. And from his words, formless and empty was replaced with life. 
and light. Got that? From, from darkness and emptiness came light and life. Light pushing back the darkness. The prophet Isaiah, in uh, Isaiah chapter 9, we normally look at this as a Christmas verse. And almost every December we're digging in here. <coughs> Excuse me. Says this, the people walking in darkness have seen a great light on those living in the land of deep darkness. A light has dawned. And if you slide down a little further, this is where the Christmas verse comes to it for. Unto us a child is born. To us a son is given and the government will be on his shoulders. And he'll be called Wonderful Counselor, Mighty God, Everlasting Father, the Prince peace. Isaiah, 800 years before Jesus was born in Bethlehem, is telling us about this Messiah, about this Savior who's going to come and he's going to be a light in the middle of great darkness. Understand? So Isaiah is saying, just want you to know, Israel, my chosen people, there's coming one He's going to be the one who's going to leave the glory and the splendor of heaven. He's going to take on human flesh, and he's going to be that great light. So when we go to John chapter 8, suddenly now we see that Jesus is in the business of removing condemnation. Verses 1 to 11, that's exactly what he does. He declares this woman... Uh, I'm not going to condemn you. Now go and follow me and don't continue living in your sinful ways. Okay? And now he removes condemnation and he declares to his followers, he declares to his enemies, those who hate him, those who despise him, the Jewish religious leaders, and he's declaring to us something very important, something critical. Here's what he says, verse 12. I am the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Now the religious leaders understood something. They understood when Jesus says that, I am the light of the world, they understood that Jesus is saying, I am God. I am deity. I am the second person of the Trinity. They got that. They knew that he was saying right then that he's the one who can take formless, empty, void and bring structure and light and life. You tracking with me? They got it. They knew exactly what Jesus was saying here and they were really ticked off about it. So, so he's saying, you know, back in Genesis, when, when uh, God of the universe spoke the world and spoke light into existence, that's what Jesus is claiming that he was a part of. And you see that as well in Colossians 1 and verse 16. They understood Jesus was claiming to be the one the prophet Isaiah was talking about. They, they knew what he was saying. You are the great light that was promised, and now you're telling everybody that you are the Messiah, you are the Savior, you are the Lord. Verse 13, game on, and the Pharisees go on the attack. 
They got it. They understood what Jesus, and they challenge him, and they argue with Jesus about his right to make such claims. Hey, who are you to make such bold and audacious statements? What gives you the right to say that I'm the light of the world? Jesus pushes back, and you'll notice in verse 16, and then in verse 18, and again in verse 19, here's his witness. He says, God the Father sent me. I'm, I'm God the Son, but I just want you to know the Father has sent me. The Father is my witness. And here's what Jesus says back. Here's the rub. They don't like this. If you really knew the Father and not just a bunch of rules, if you really knew the Father and not just your religious systems and regulations, if you really knew the Father, then you would know me. That's what he says back to them. And uh, they're hot. And they're angry. And you'll notice there in verse 20, he slips away and, and they don't seize him because his time hadn't yet come. The idea is they were so mad they wanted to kill him. They wanted to kill him right then and right there. So that's the context. That, that's what's going on in the middle of the second I am statement. Do you understand? That that's, that's the verses surrounding I am the light of the world. So there's some key questions that verse 12 answers that I want to have us ask and answer, okay? Here's the first question. Got uh, a pen? Got your bulletin on the back? We have a place for you to write some stuff down, right? Might as well remember why you came to church, okay? Here we go. First question, who is Jesus? Who is Jesus? And the answer from verse 12, he's the light of the world. So if anybody asks you this week, who is this Jesus you're always talking about? You got an answer now. He's the light of the world. He's saying that outside of me, outside of Jesus Christ, outside of a personal relationship with Jesus Christ, then we're outside of what we're created to be. Track with me for a moment. We are all created to know God and to glorify Him and enjoy Him forever. You understand that, right? So, if you don't know Jesus, if you're not connected to the light of the world, then you are outside of what you were created to be. And what are we created to be? To know God, to glorify Him, to enjoy Him forever. Until we open up the door of our lives, you listening? And we allow the light to shine in. We invite Jesus to come into our lives and allow His Spirit and His light to shine in us and through us, we're still living in darkness. So until we say, yes, Jesus, come in, I invite you, I believe, I receive, we're still walking in darkness. Jesus comes, this might be good to write down, Jesus comes into our formless and empty dark lives and brings structure and light I don't know if you've done that yet or not, but that's what Jesus, and he's the light. Of, he brings structure and light and life. John 1, verses 4 and 5. In him, in Jesus, was life. And that light, life, was the light of all mankind. The light shines in the darkness, and darkness has not overcome it. It's all about Jesus. 
Verse 9, give me your eyes. The true light that gives light to everyone was coming into the world. It's all about Jesus. It's all about the light coming in and shining brightly through each and every one who says yes to him. Second question. Second question. Why did Jesus come? Who is Jesus? He's the light of the world. Second question, why did Jesus come? And the answer, got it up here on the screen. Jesus came to earth so that all who follow him will never have to walk in darkness. Isn't that good? Why did he come? Um, because he didn't want us to have to remain in darkness. He didn't want us to have to live that way. When we say yes to Jesus by faith, when we receive him as Savior and Lord, he illuminates our hearts and our minds through his spirit and through his word. Make sense? So after we say yes by faith, Jesus illuminates our hearts and our minds with his presence, no longer chained to sin and self and Satan. We're given new eyes. We're given spiritual eyes. And now we can see spiritual things. We can see light. Why? Because I'm no longer spiritually blind. I used to walk in Satan's domain and it was dark, but now my eyes are open. Do you remember those days when you used to walk in darkness and everything was sin and self and Satan? I remember those days. And it was bad. And when you say yes to Jesus, new life is shining in and through us through Jesus Christ. And suddenly now we can see. And there's this famous song, I'm pretty sure you know it, that makes that very clear. Do we have the words? Let's put the words up there for, for them in case you don't know that. You know that song? It's like the number one song in Christendom. And even people who don't know Jesus know this song. But let's, let's just uh, sing it together and watch the, the very last line. You ready? Here we go. Amazing grace, how sweet the sound that saved a wretch like me. I Blind, you couldn't see spiritual things. There was no light in you. But now Jesus has come in. Now you're, you can see. Third question. Verse 12 answers. How can we know Jesus? How, how can we have a relationship with Christ? And, and here's the answer. Verse 12. Whoever follows me, whoever follows Jesus, will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. So how do we know Jesus? How can we, we follow him? We used to be walking this way, this direction, in opposition, in darkness, and now we've done the U-turn, and now I'm walking towards Jesus, and I'm walking with Jesus, and suddenly now I've got a relation, I'm following him. That's what my life is all about. I'm a follower of Jesus Christ. 
which tells us there's one very clear, blunt, hard truth. Ready? Can you handle blunt truth? Okay, here we go. Everybody here today is either walking in the light of Jesus, with Christ alive, giving light, uh, His Spirit and His Word, or you're here today and you're walking in darkness and there is no Jesus. And He's saying, well, why, why are you walking that way? Why are you living that way? It doesn't have to be. John chapter 3, verse 17 says this, For Christ has come into the world not to condemn the world, but to save the world from condemnation. Isn't that good news? Jesus didn't come to bring condemnation. He came to bring life and salvation and light. And Jesus is knocking on every heart's door, even right now, saying, you know what? I'll bring life. I'll bring light. I'll bring structure to you. But here's what you got to do. You're, you're going this direction, and he's saying, I want you to turn around, and I want you to come. That's called repentance, and I want you to come and follow me. Follow me. Now, some of you are saying, well, I, well I've done that, Pastor Chuck. I've said yes to Jesus. I'm one of his children. I, I've done the U-turn. So uh, what's next for me? And that would be a great question. So take your phone or take your Bible and go with me to Matthew chapter 5. And uh, here, here's, uh, here's what's next for those of you. you you've done the U-turn. You're a follower of Jesus. That's wonderful. Now keep walking. But here's what Jesus says. Matthew 5 verse 14. You are the light of the world. Isn't that interesting? John 8, 12, Jesus says, I am the light of the world. Now Jesus turns it around and says, now that you're one of my children, now that you're following me, you are the light of the world. How can that be? Well, Jesus is in us. He's taken up residence the moment we say yes by faith. And now he's shining through us, and it's our obligation to be the light of the world. A town built on a hill cannot be hidden. Neither do people light a lamp and put it under a bowl. Instead, they put it on a stand. It gives light to everyone in the house. In the same way, verse 16, let your light shine before others. What's our, what's our responsibility? Let your light shine before others. Tell, tell your neighbor, what, what's your responsibility? Tell them, let your light, let your light shine before others. Okay, now say it back to them. Let your light shine before others. That's our responsibility as followers of Jesus. Let your light shine before others. That they might see your good deeds and glorify your Father in heaven. That's what we're called to be. We're called to let the light of Jesus that's in us, once we say yes, once we believed and received, his light is in us. And now it's supposed to shine through us. Be the light of the world. Why? Because most of our neighbors are walking in darkness. You know that, right? Most of the people that we go to school with, walking in darkness. Most of the people that we work with, walking in darkness. Most of the people in northern Michigan are walking in darkness. You're being awfully judgmental, Pastor Jeff. Here's the truth. Give me your eyes. Gallup and Barna 
My favorite pollsters say the same thing over. Most people in northern Michigan believe this. If I'm just good and nice and moral, uh, hopefully I can just squeak into heaven and Peter and Jesus will give me a pass and I can make, make my way in. Most people, it's, it's really a scary statistic, but most people think be good, be nice, be moral, and, and surely then you're going to be okay. But here's what Ephesians 2, verses 8 through 10 says very clearly. Uh, are you ready? Here we go, as soon as I find it. For it is by grace you've been saved through faith. It's not from yourselves, it's the gift of God, not by works, so that no one can boast. Salvation is not something you can earn or do. Salvation is something that's done by Jesus Christ. Do you understand? It's not something you can merit. It's not something you deserve. It's something you believe and receive by faith. It's a gift of God. None of us should be boasting. Well, I'm, the, I'm a really nice, good, moral person. I love the way Ravi Z says it. Jesus didn't come to earth to make bad people good. Otherwise, everybody who's good's got it made, right? He, he didn't come to make bad people good. Jesus came to earth to make dead people alive. And all of us are born dead spiritually. Even the nicest, the goodest, the most moral, religious person you know, that would have been the Pharisees. That would have been the teachers of the law. If goodness will, will qualify entrance into heaven, they were fine. But they hated Jesus. They hated the message. They didn't like the fact that he was offering to be the light of the world. They wanted their religious system, their rules, their goodness, their, their nice moral stuff to qualify as entrance into heaven. And Jesus said, no, I'm the light of the world. I'm going to give light to all who will believe and receive. We're called to shine bright. You understand? Church, family, we're, we're called daily to live and shine bright for Jesus with our good deeds. And I didn't say perfect. Did you hear me? None of us are perfect. There was only one. And what did they do with him? They put Jesus on a Roman cross. So we don't live perfectly, but we live in such a way that people see there's something different about us. So when you blow it, when, when you blame, when you yell, when you curse, when you lie, are you ready? I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And you say that a few times, you'll knock people over. Because <laughs> the world doesn't say they're sorry. They don't admit they're wrong. They don't seek forgiveness. I'm just saying, you're going to mess up, and so will I. When you mess up, make it right. I'm sorry, I was wrong. Please forgive me. And as we live and love like Jesus, see, see the bracelet? Anybody else still wearing your bracelet? As we live, anybody? Okay, got like a, six of us. We might have to order some more, Chad. Uh, as we live and love like Jesus, suddenly now we're, we're going to be walking through storms and troubled times, and now uh, bad things happen, and we still live and love like Jesus. People will notice because they're watching. Let your light shine. Let them see your good deeds. 
And I promise you, as you live like Jesus and love like Jesus, even in the hard times, people will ask. And that's where you get to say, you know what? It's not me. It's Jesus in me that makes that possible. It's his light alive and shining in me that makes that possible. And he can do that for you too. That's what it's all about. Jesus declared, I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never walk in darkness, but will have the light of life. Let's pray. Speak, Lord. We're listening. We're ready to hear from you. How does uh, what we just studied, Lord, would you show us how this applies to us? How does it apply to me? Make yourself clear right now and listen. First question is, have you said yes to Jesus by faith? Have you invited the light of the world to come and take charge of your life? Jesus, I believe that you are the light of the world. You are exactly who Isaiah was foretelling 800 years before Jesus took on human flesh. And Jesus, I believe that you lived a sinless life, blameless spotless lamb, therefore you alone uniquely qualify to take my place on the cross. I believe that. You did that for me. And, and I believe, Jesus, you allowed your blood to flow for my greatest problem. I'm a sinner. And Jesus, I believe you took my place in the grave, dead, but early on Sunday morning, Jesus, I believe you didn't stay dead. You arose from the dead. You did that for me. Right now, by faith, Jesus, the risen light of the world, I receive you as my Savior, my Lord, my King, my light, my life. Bring new life to me right now. That's, that's the first question. Have you done that? Right where you're seated, you could do that. Jesus, I believe those things, those facts for me, and I receive you as Savior and Lord and King. If you've not done that or if you just did that, make your way over to the prayer chapel after this service. Head over by the, uh, the light over there. We've got some folks who will get you a Bible. They'll pray with you. They'll rejoice with you. They'll introduce you to the light of the world. Final question is this, are you shining bright for Jesus? Are the people around you, people at uh, work, people at school, neighbors, family, friends, do they see Jesus shining bright through you on a daily basis? And when you blow it, do you make it right? I'm sorry I was wrong, please forgive me. Lord, I pray that we, as uh, your family, your church family here at Wallow, help us to shine bright 
for you in this week ahead. We love you. We thank you for your book. We thank you for the I Am's. You're, you're the bread of life, and we declare that you are indeed the light of the world. It's in Jesus' name we pray all of these things.